Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You may remember a few weeks ago, we were very kindly sponsored by Coin Corner, who make the world of buying and selling Bitcoin easier than ever. However, as I introduced Coin Corner and tried to explain a little bit about Bitcoin, I said that Elon Musk would even let you buy a Tesla using Bitcoin. Then a few hours before that episode went live, Elon Musk came out and said, you can no longer buy a Tesla using Bitcoin. And I looked a bit silly. Luckily, Coin Corner are pretty lighthearted about these things. And they realise they can't control the price of Bitcoin before any sponsorship goes live. And they very kindly offered to sponsor a number of future episodes of this podcast. So we're very grateful to have them on board. If all this chat about Bitcoin's got you intrigued, if you noticed the comment section of that episode going crazy with people talking about the pros and the cons of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, head over to coincorner.com forward slash STG. Well, not only can you sign up and start trading Bitcoin, but you can also find out a lot more. There's some amazing information on there so you can read up about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and decide if you want to get involved. If you do, as I say, coincorner.com forward slash STG or use my code STG when you sign up. And that way you'll get some sats, which are basically very small units of a Bitcoin. I got into the Bitcoin game late. I couldn't afford to buy a whole Bitcoin. So I own sats, this small units. And that's what you'll get for free when you sign up using that code STG or my link coincorner.com forward slash STG. So yes, thanks to them for ignoring my slight mess up a few weeks ago and willing to come back and sponsor future episodes. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Well, welcome to the first ever behind the glass live. Tony. We have an audience. Very good. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's quite a bit of pressure, isn't it? Some <laughs> feel, of them are waving. Some, some of them are waving. Some of them were like, oh, God, why did I come <laughs> I regret this decision massively. But no, this is so nice. People here listening to what we say in the flesh. Usually, we're stuck away in my studio talking amongst ourselves, not really thinking that anyone else is ever going to listen to our conversation. But now we know these beautiful 30 people are going to hear every word we say live. And you all listen every week, by the way? Well done. Thank you very much. They're all nodding. I love you all. Um, But yeah, this is super exciting for us. So, uh, you know, this was always the plan when when I moved in here at the Duke of London space to to be able to do these kind of live events, to to meet more of you, to hang out with more of you and to also have you, you know, here with us while we're recording the podcast. Because it is a bit weird. We, you know, we sit down for an hour or so each week and then we release it to the world and we look at a number and go, oh, that one did all right. But you never really know the people the other end of the the podcast, I suppose. So it's, it's great from that point of view. And we have three more, at least, at least least let's say coming up this year maybe we're going to add more who knows yeah. um but yeah we're another one in july and a couple more in september if you if you are interested if you want to sort of come along to a behind the glass live event uh head over to seenthroughglass.online and then go to the event section and you can uh, you can find out some more uh, are they sold out are they sold out they actually are <laughs> so i don't know why i'm promoting them but because of covid woohoo covid uh some people are unfortunately getting you know their track and trace pings or they're not being able to mount it so sometimes there's last minute cancellations that's what i'm going to say okay so you never know. Just keep checking it. You know, you might be able to get a last minute. And we ticket. can't, when the restriction opens, we won't be able to increase the... That's the hope. Okay, Fingers cool. crossed. Definitely the September events, we want to go global. I want like 3,000 people here. We're going abroad again. 
No, no, oh. no. I say global. I mean like a global audience. Oh. Uh, I just want a lot of people here, basically. So okay. yeah, so essentially check the website. Tickets may become available. Um, but a quick shout out for a couple of people for this particular event, uh, Aubrey Peck Automotive, who've helped organize this incredible event at this space in Duke of London. Uh, amazing team here who've, I think, created a pretty amazing backdrop. Uh, and then, of course, Ceramic Pro, one of our partners and sponsors for today's event. Um, Look at our background, by the way. Backdrop's pretty nuts, right? It's unbelievable. I feel yeah. like when we go back to the studio, people are like, oh, God, this is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just have it here every week? I'm not sure. <laughs> <Duke of> London. <laughs> I think he's like, I actually run a business in here. Um, but yeah, no. Anyways, several. Se- several businesses. Yeah. There's a lot of things happening. If you've never been down to this space, uh, it is pretty amazing. I think everyone today has enjoyed just sort of snooping around and seeing what's going on. Can I just say, though, whilst there are some amazing cars outside, before we really launch into it, there's some great cars here today. There's a very special car here today, which I did not expect to turn up. The very special car, quite unbelievably, it's my Carrera T from Drive the World. You bought it back? I didn't know, I didn't oh. <laughs> It's actually here. I can't quite believe it. I'm so grateful that it's come down today. I should have, at first I was like, oh cool, a silver Carrera T, what a throwback. How like, you didn't recognize, you spent 18 months in that know, car quite, and it pulled up, you didn't even recognise it. It's quite bad, that's <laughs> oh, it. my car, he went mad, he run, running over there, like a little baby. First thing I went over to Vicky, I was like, oh look, that's our car. She's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's back, oh God. But yeah, very special. So thank you everyone for bringing down cars, but of course, thank you for bringing that Carrera too. Very, very nice to see. Uh, right, shall we get into it? Shall we get into the podcast? That's being, the admin you know, done. Yeah. That's the admin done. We always have a bit of admin to do. Because I wanted to talk to you about the two, yes, two track days I did last week in my Abarth. Little Project Piposto up and running, out on track. Does it get a lot of attention in that colour? You know what? It, it's been going down well because I went I went up to the Alexander's Prestige Customer Track Day, Blyton Park. Unbelievable event. Really, really cool. You went around on your handbrake. <laughs> I didn't go around in my handbrake. I was, oh, just, from what I I saw, was taking it easy. <laughs> I sent Tony like one clip <laughs> and he's like, why aren't you hitting the curbs harder? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it's not a time attack. It's a fun day out. Oh, um, it was a fun day. It was like a Sunday drive. <laughs> But there was, there was, there was a Chanish Fidali there, there was a GT3 RS there, there was a Huracan Evo, you know, proper cars. Was there any crashes? I don't know if I'm allowed to say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Which, no. I mean, obviously suggests yes. But let's, there wasn't a crash, there wasn't any crashes. But maybe there was some... No real big crashes. No, no real big crashes. Okay. Um, but yeah, but, but the Abarth, you know, it kind of gets, you know, people are like, oh, I get it. And I think you thought I was driving slowly. Everyone else was like, that guy is flying, <laughs> clearly having a brilliant time. I was always having a good time. That is the main thing. Well, where I had a better time was at Goodwood. Ah. Because I went down uh, Friday. Ah. friend of mine, you know, oh, my mates booked the track. Come you on down. You went down there initially in the, in the above? No, I went down in 360. Okay, <laughs> would you like to tell the ladies and gentlemen what happened? So, yeah, drive all the way down there. Two, two hours from here, I guess. Well, an hour and a half. Uh, and there's a, oh, you've got to do a noise test, sir. Of course. And that's I was normal. Like, that, was, that was fairly normal. What's, what's the limit today? And I thought Goodwood, like of all the places, Goodwood is going to have a high limit, right? And like the other cars there were, there was, I mean, at the end of the day, an F50 and a Carrera GT turned up. So they go 101. And I was like, oh, that sounds low. <laughs> so they, they brought up the car. And I was like, oh, I'll definitely keep the valves closed. That will help because I'm running the full challenge for Dial Exhaust, the challenge ECU. This thing is so, so loud. And I say this thing because the 360 is parked just on the side of Tony for those of you watching on YouTube. And he goes, right, what's your, what's your red line? And I went 9,000 RPM. He goes, right, give it six and a half. I was like, oh, oh you should have told that's him six. It's definitely fouls open. That's definitely. And so I'm coming up. And then he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and the guy like takes four steps backwards. And he said, you are three decibels from the noise, from the limit of pain. Which apparently is 130, which any music oriented people will know is basically when you go deaf. So I was at 127 decibels at 6,000 RPM. I had 3,000 RPM to go. And they all come running over like I was a terrorist going, no, you can't get, you got to get out of here. They had a total really? panic attack. Yeah. So I had to come back in the 360, get in the bath, drive down. And it's a track. Now, this is a super fast circuit. Goodwood Motor Circuit. Has you anyone done Goodwood? Anyone done Goodwood here? Hands up for Goodwood. Yeah, there's a few of you. Yeah. You don't break. I mean, you, if, if you're braking, you're doing it wrong. No, I mean, no, no, you no, no. You do break. Not, an ab- not in ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you probably do break in yeah, some parts. Yeah, in an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a really, really fast track with loads of bumps, loads of undulating moments. And not really the ideal circuit for an Abarth. Bloody, I had an amazing time though. Yeah, I bet you did. I was a full chat and I let some friends jump in. And okay, the first few laps were slightly, you know, was pedestrian. It dry? Bone dry, sunny oh, weather. Lovely. I've done a day there once in the Porsche and it was torrential. Did you like, stay in a Porsche? What? Did you stay in a Porsche? Oh, I've owned a few, yeah. 
I can tell you all of them. Oh, if you like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known. It's not like we talk about them every time. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's terrifying in the dry, but it's in absolutely horrendous in the wet. Yeah, it's it's just so much better than you hit the bump the wrong time. I did go out actually in a couple of Porsches. I went out in a nine nine seven point two GT three. The guy. Oh, he could drive. <laughs> um, I nearly pooped my pants. <laughs> I, having got from the Abarth, which I probably went to the first corner at 45 miles an hour, he launches in at 125. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it was so scary, but quite impressive, I have to say. And so, where did you hit the bump down the back straight before did you came? I don't know where I hit, but I hit there's bumps a, everywhere. There's a, there's a big, so you've got the big main straight and then there's a there's a bump just before the right. So if you break on that bump, you're off. If you're brave, you you break after it. If you're not very brave, you break before it. Oh, I was breaking well after it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but so as, as, as amazing as these days were, and I was like, you know, this has been so well. The Project Proposto has been fantastic. It's achieved everything I wanted to achieve. Um, Abarth decided to release a new car. <laughs> Do you know Go what on. it is? Go on. Essentially, Project Proposto. Really? <laughs> so this is the 695 SS. I copied you. Lighter, stiffer, more track-orientated version of the 595 competizione. Uh, they didn't copy me, obviously, because... What I have you done to your car? I don't even know what you've actually done. Does yeah. anyone know what he's done? I mean, I know he's buying They all know. Look at them. They all nodding. They love it. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't watch your YouTube channel. Thanks, 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 for, thanks for the support, mate. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, induction, carbon intake. Good. Uh, inter- new intercooler, uh, Bilstein suspension, uh, Symphonia exhaust, B- Bills- sprint booster. B- sorry, what was that? Bill's suspension? Bilstein. No, no idea. Oh, not all I really, but, but okay. apparently very good. Oh, no, I'm joking. Bilstein B14s. Just, it, it's, a mi- it's a road and track suspension, just slightly better strings. Brakes? Uh, no, so standard brakes. <laughs> I'm not sure there's much of them left. Tyres? Uh, standard tyres. <laughs> yeah. so, so you've done the suspension, not done the brakes on the tyres. No, it's, it's a hybrid uh, evolution of the uh, car. But this new thing, the Abar 695 SS, 10 kilos less. Okay, not that significant. Same horsepower as the Competizione, so 180 horsepower. I think they have got maybe Coney shocks, a bit like the Proposto used to mm-hmm. have. And then it's got that amazing adjustable sort of ducktail-esque spoiler from the 70th anniversario. Look at me and my Abarth knowledge. So it is the most desirable series four generation Abarth they've made yet. It's not quite as sexy as the Proposto was, but I'm a bit like, you did tell me you weren't doing a sort of more track-focused variant. No, it's just been released. It's made my project slightly pointless, but... So, uh, the Propostos are still strong money, by the way. Who was I talking to about Proposto? Put your hand up. This man right here. He's thinking about buying a Proposto record, and I said, do it now, because... That's a flyer. Are they twenty? Are they twenty grand? Twenty five. Are they twenty five? Twenty five. I'm, I'm going to thirty. They're thirty grand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're not thirty grand. They couldn't sell them for thirty grand when they were new. Uh, I bought one for thirty. You <laughs> <laughs> was the only one. <laughs> I literally. They were like, we've had this car for seven months. In the I show remember room. when you bought that car and you sent me a picture and I said, "What is that?" We had just started working together. <laughs> we had just started working together. I think you just sold the F-Type. And I called you, and I, I had, I walked past a showroom in, in Mayfair in central London, and they had the bec- the record edition in the window. And I went, "Well, that looks nice." And I went in, and Tony mobs me out this for a long time. You could sell, I mean, someone could sell me this table if it was a good salesman. And the guy goes, "I said, oh, what's this yellow car?" And he went, "Oh, it's the Posto record edition." I went, "Sounds good." <laughs> because yeah, it's limited. I was like, "Oh my god, sounds really good." So it's Ferrari paint. I was like, "I want to take my money." Oh, and I, called up Tony. I said, Tony, I think I've just agreed a deal on this car. And he's like, what is that pile of poo? Yeah, and, and when he told me the price, I literally nearly fell off my chair. I mean, I could not believe numbers went that high for a bath. I think it was 38 grand new and he'd offered it to me for 30, so I thought I'd got 8 grand off. Little did I know that they just would do anything to get rid of that car. <laughs> and everyone else got 10 off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, that was the that was the our bath revelation. But it, it got me, well, we were talking about sort of track days and about cars and how much fun I had in that bath when you made an interesting point about manuals. Oh, I can't live with them. But now, what do you mean? Who likes manual cars here? Flipping. Everyone. Oh, that was, I'm going to say, a solid 65%. Oh, so it's going to be awkward for you, Tony. We're going to upset a few people here. So we, we've had a couple of cars come into stock last few days, and I haven't driven them for a while, one being an M2 comp manual, right? Oh, nice. And, we got, and we've got uh, a DCT M2 comp in as well. So I'd pretty much dri- driven back to back, drove them. Dri- drive, drove, dri- driven, we, I'd driven drove, them. Drove them. Yep. <laughs> back to school for you. So, <laughs> back to school for me. So I drove it a long way back. I drove it back from Wales as well. Okay. 
The manual car? The manual car. And Must I, have been fun? No. no. Absolutely not. I could not wait to get out of it. Excuse but, me. But, wait, but you drove it, but it's on the motorway? No, like a few B roads and A roads it's and then the great. motorway. No, mate. Like... Like 20 years ago, like I'm a bit older than some of you, although I don't look older than some of you, all right? <laughs> but, but, you know, like, I've done my days of changing gear and so What do you about. mean you've done your days no, of changing I... gear? It's not like you have to sign up to it. Oh, the beginning of driving, you know, you've got to go through the hard bits, changing gear manually. I would, uh, honestly, I just cannot be bothered anymore. I'd much rather have an auto. They're just better. Just okay. As as that. I would. I would say right now, okay, we're going to move on to how, in some cases, I, I can see where you're coming from. My Abarth, if that was a manual, I'd driven it into the river here, because, I mean, this sorry, is if that was an automatic, if that was an automatic, sorry, wait, that was an, I would have driven it. So this is my exception. If a car's 180 horsepower, 200 horsepower, it's a little hot hatch, I accept it has to be a manual. When you get to M2, Cayman S, the, the bigger powered cars... I think they've got to be auto, mate. I, They're too fast. I drove that Cayman GTS 4-litre, again, with Alexander's Prestige. Crap. Unbelievable. No chance. You'd have much rather a PDK. Definitely it's, not. Definitely not. No a PDK what, in, a, in a Cayman? Yes. No, you want to be involved. Okay. It's got, got an extra gear for a start. So, question is here, right? And this is where I wanted to move on to, because we're just going to fall out in a second. Is again. the new GT3... Yeah. Of course, they've now offered the touring specification PDK or manual. Or you can get a normal GT3 PDK or manual. We spoke about this. On the podcast? Briefly. I actually would say that that car in both touring and normal specification might be better as PDK. And that's controversial only because I've driven the 992 manual Carrera S. And yes, it was great. And I said it was fantastic for the moments where you could stretch it. For the moments where you could really like, you know, you're on a twisty road, then that manual was so engaging. But my mate Alex came in his PDK Carrera S and driving to the good road, driving back, everything else. I was like, actually, that PDK is pretty quick and he's just as engaged and maybe he's having fun. And is the manual thing at that level, maybe a bit of hype. But my 360s manual, the 996s manual. Paul's getting a fast put in your 360, though. I mean, you're a bath's <laughs> probably faster than your 360. I- <laughs> And that's <laughs> the fact everyone's laughing <laughs> means it's true. I want to leave my own event right now. That car, just you wait, Tony. One day we're going to go for a drive in that. You're going to lose I've your mind. I've been behind it, thank you. My old windscreen got covered with oil. But hey, we went out. I oh, know this is not a good thing to say. We went no. out in my 718 Cayman S and I pulled away from you a bit. No. <laughs> sort of. Uh, okay, but the point being so when I did the DK engineering video, uh, 59960 F1 Alonso and GTO, everyone was going, oh, imagine the GTO with a manual. And I went, no. no. So for those examples, and even a 599 manual, I kind of like to have a go just for the sake of it, but too much. Like at that point, too much. But an M2, I think, must be perfect no, as a manual. No, it's not, it's not perfect, mate. It's not nowhere near as perfect. Like you can't, you can't slow it down quicker than you can with a DCT because the gearing's different because it's six speed and not a seven you can't you can't short shift out of a roundabout as you can in a DCT. If you're going quickly, like I know you go at your own speed in a manual, but if you want to go really quickly, you can't beat a, a an automatic car. Why do you think all racing cars are automatic? Because they're quicker. Uh, fair, it's that's why GT3 RS has come out PDK only. I get it. To to achieve maximum speed, a PDK shift is always going to be faster than the manual. And but I want to go max. I want to go quickly. Please. But what about being involved in that driving well, experience? I'm involved. I'm holding on. <laughs> <laughs> usually, usually for dear life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is the thing, I think, especially on an English B road, with the PDKs, sometimes you're too you're too uninvolved. This is what we always talk about, these new cars. They're all a bit bland. They've all become a bit too easy. They'll, you don't really... When I did that um, 430-16M versus Speciale Aperta, I went into that day going, the Speciale Aperta is going to be my dream all-time Ferrari. I can just tell you right now, I love the 458, I love the Speciale, it's got the roof down, it's going to be unbelievable. And I drove the, the 16M first, Got in the Speciale, and I was like, oh, it's too electronic, it's too smooth, it's too easy, it's too buttery. And I just think if you want to actually feel like you're driving, you can't really always get that with the PDK. Yes, you can go fast, but in an automatic gearbox, you're just that little bit less involved. So all you're really doing is speed-ing. You're speeding. Or well, speed. 
or speed. But in a manual, that that sensation, especially in my 360, even if I am only going 30 miles an hour, screw you, um, you know, clunking and clicking through those gears. Oh, it's clunking, all right. <laughs> I am clicking. As I, get, as I get to my red line, I slot it in again. That is so rewarding. Uh, yeah. Whilst or, in an or automatic... that it's just gone into gear, or...? <laughs> that it's still going. It hasn't gone off in a puff of smoke. Having said that, though, I've always said this, for a challenge for Dali, I would never do a manual conversion challenge for Dali because mm. for me, that gearbox is part of the experience, as, yeah. as bad as it might be. Yeah. So, so wait, so if has anyone got a GT3 or GT3 Touring on order? The new one? No, the no one, one in this room. So, no. so my advice on them cars would be, if you're getting a Touring, buy a manual, and if you're getting a GT3 with a wing, buy the PDK. Okay, so you've literally just gone against your entire own argument. Why? No, because because the touring you can drive slower if you no because it's not about speed is it the touring it's about <laughs> exactly because yeah. the manual is more engaging no yes no just, it's not it's just, that's what the, you've just the said. whole reason why they have the touring is because you can dial it back sure right so, so you, you want, want a manual, a manual to, to be more engaged to, to, to dial back if you have a pdk then you might as well have the the gt3 with the wing that's what i'm saying it, no, but uh, yes. you're, com- you're completely debunking Who agrees your- with me? No, no one. Look, no yeah, because, one. They, because they all like manuals. That's why. Because you're debunking your own they're argument. They're all 12, man. <laughs> well, of course they're all like manuals. Your, your argument, you are disproving yourself. Because you, you're right. I'm, I agree with you. At certain points, if you're driving on track or some of these new cars, you don't want a manual F8 Tributo, do you? Like, that's death. But... If you want to be engaged, if the car is of a reasonable amount of horsepower, I would say 500 is basically your limit. Too so much. I think it's just about your limit. You know, I'm... A, I'm a <laughs> my, my Please don't say that's 500 horsepower. <laughs> no, but, but the old generation GT3 Touring, like, uh, what's, a, what's a 430 Scud? 500. And uh, maybe that's a touch too far. I don't know, but like, there's a few cars which I think as manuals could do great or do do great because, as you say, if you're not flat out, you're more involved. And a, a 718 Boxster Spider manual every day of the week. Don't you agree? Yeah, because it's 400 horsepower. But there you go. Like, yeah, manuals have M, their an, place. An M2's got loads more torque. If we're going an M2 comp, it's got loads more torque and it's more powerful. So it's too fast, I think, for a manual. Well, the GT3 Touring is, a, is an exception as a manual because that's the whole reason why you'd buy it, because it's a manual. The PDK sort of defeats the object because you might as well have the one with the wing. It's a good segue here because our sponsor for this week, Ceramic Pro, have got a brand new M3, Joe Achilles M3 actually, downstairs, and a coupe version of the F-Type R that I've got now in the same green. Yeah, I saw that. Stunning. Yeah. Um, so they're doing they're doing work on both of them. If you don't know about Ceramic Pro, incredible detailing, PPF, all these mm-hmm. different elements. We'll talk about them more in a second. But the reason I say is that those two cars, I wouldn't have as manuals. They no. did do a manual V6 F-Type for a while, but never the V. I wouldn't have either of them as manual. Well, I don't think I've ever seen one. I don't think it's old either. I think there's about three V6 manuals. Um, but the new M3, am I right saying they don't offer it manual in the UK? I'm I, pretty sure. Oh, I'm... I'm fairly no. certain that you can't they're, they're get a manual. They don't know more than us. They don't, mate. A lot of people know more than us. Yeah, true. We prove that every week. Yeah. But and that was because from the last generation, the last few years of production, no one was ordering manual M3s. It just wasn't a thing. So yeah. BMW, or why would we? Why would we have There's them? There's no good. It's crap. Told you. It's not crap. I think it just depends on the car. And I think we will disagree here. Where you will always lean towards automatic. I would probably lean towards manual until a certain point. I say definitely modern supercars, you know, that Gordon Murray thing, which we endlessly uh, mean about and means we never get emails about. Um, you know, that's, a, you know, isn't it? Manual, V12, million RPM, you know, stuff like that. I'm a bit like... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, a bit too much again. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's just that fine, fine balance. We have one of them McGann RS trophy things in, and that's a manual, and I think they do both. I think they do an auto and a manual in that right. car. That's 300 horsepower, whatever. That's perfect. That's perfect for a manual. That's enough, mate. I I think that's enough, 300. Okay, so can we agree then that basically up until 450 horsepower... No, it's too much. Up until 400 horsepower... Correct. Manuals can be the better option? I I don't know about the better, but I accept. You accept? Yeah. I don't know if they're better, but I accept. Oh, my God. I really want to get you in like a 997.2 GT2 RS. No chance. 
No way, I'd die. You would die. I think we'd both die. Uh, but anyway, let's talk a little bit more about Ceramic Pro. I say that based downstairs, they've got a big unit here at the Duke of London Space at the factory. Uh, they're in 70 different countries. They have about 7,000 different installers. The work that they do with the, obviously, ceramic coating, it's not like a sort of a wax or a sealant. It's it's a nano ceramic product. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you basically, the more you put on, it actually builds a proper layer. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it can be as effective as PPF. It's a lot cheaper to apply. So for cheaper cars, it, it makes it worthwhile to have that as opposed to a, well, it depends a on, PPF. Yeah, it depends on the levels because you can go, you can just keep going and keep applying and build yeah, a thicker, yeah, thicker yeah. Uh, layer. But the thing which I like uh, against PPF, you don't get the lines at the edge. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, Ceramic Pro do do uh, PPF as well. Um, they have their own product, uh, Kavacha uh, PPF, which is also sort of combined some of their uh, ceramic coatings to sort of make it extra bonded. But they do some, some amazing work. They always have interesting cars coming and going. Anyone who saw my F-Type SVR video, uh, they just did a maintenance wash on that outside. I was like, this is the best wash I've ever seen happen to my car in general. Um, but yeah, some of the transformations they've done, actually, uh, one of their cars is at the back here, a beautiful 964 Porsche, which, I mean, it's like glass-like paint. I've been tempted with the 360 to hand it over to them, but the, the 360 paint now is so bad that I'm kind of like, maybe I need to repaint it first and then give it to them to make it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. They think that they can save it. They're that good. They look at the paint on the 360 well, and let them go, save it then. Maybe, but then yeah. I'm like, but, but maybe I... Maybe I repaint it because I want to anyway and then get them to get a ceramic coating on it. Yeah, because you're not going to sell it, are you? So repaint I'm never going to sell it. And yeah, then I, I say, for me, I, I would always lean towards the ceramic coating just because I, I don't like the lines of the PPF. And I say the guys downstairs can do both. Um, but they're amazing and they've supported this podcast, which you have to be hugely grateful for. Um, if, you, if you've always been tempted or you want to learn more about ceramic coating and how that can be good for your car over and above, uh, lots of different ways of protecting it, or you just want your car detailed or whatever it can be. The F-Type downstairs, I think, is getting a new car detail. Um, so very, very cool. Once again, ceramicpro.co.uk forward slash ST. Uh, go and check them out and you get your chance to win a yeah, gold package for your car, which is, which is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, uh, a video is going out live today, it's Sunday, just to reveal when we're recording this podcast, um, (laughs) where I drove rather a controversial Resto Mod 911. Oh no. Go on. Please. (laughs) Made by a company called Everati. Um, Fully electric. (laughs) Honestly, you telling me that is like realising that, or being told that the Queen wears a thong. I mean, Queen wears a thong. Yeah, mate, that is like a disaster. <laughs> okay, so, okay, I would sort of agree with you. They're not the first people ever to take a classic car and give it an electric power unit. You know, this happened. we've seen it with the E-Types and like Ford Broncos out in the US. Stuff like this. It's been happening. And there is an argument from the outsiders and non-car enthusiasts that it's future-proofing classics, right? They're taking these iconic cars that maybe we're not all going to be able to drive in. 10, 15, 20 years' time. Who knows what the government are going to do with their all stupid, you know, oh, let's all drive electric cars. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's a great way to ensure that you can still drive a classic 911 on the road and a really good-looking one that's been fully restored. So I get that side of it. But I would also say that fundamentally, a classic 911 
it's kind of all about its engine, right? Mm. Or 911 in general is all about its engine and, mm. and combustion engine in that sense. So hard to get my head around. I went to see it. It looks like a, a Singer or a Theon. Like it looks like a beautifully restored or resto mod 911. They, Did the you drive it? Yeah, the, the, the details on it are fantastic. I drove it. This is where my, I couldn't get my head around. So can I just put some stuff in? I'm sort of struggling to get my words out here. But <laughs> the way they do it is they take a nine, donor 964, split it apart, take all the parts down to the chassis, strengthen the chassis, put rust-proof paint on it, stuff like that. Take the roof off? No, just... No, no, no. It's no, a, no. The, pull, the body parts are recreated in carbon fibre. Right. Bolted back on. The electric battery is split into two. Put the, one bit at the front, one bit at the back. Single motor. Four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive, 500 horsepower. Right. It weighs less than the original car. Because of all the carbon fibre. Because of all the carbon fibre. <clears throat> and that was obviously very important. Still got uh, hydraulic steering. Um, suspension is a little bit cleverer and a little bit more different to the old car. And no engine, of course. And no engine. Yeah. So the driving dynamics aren't too dissimilar to a classic Porsche. You know, there, there's, a, there's elements which you do feel, I mean, you do feel like you're in an old Porsche because it looks the same. Suspension brakes. The suspensions are cleverer. The brakes are obviously regen brakes, so a big step up in there. But there's something about it which, you know, it feels good and it feels like a classic car. Yeah. But it's an EV. And so there's no soundtrack, the instant talk, all these different things. Now, this was created by car guys. They're ex-Lotus, they're ex-McLaren, they're ex-JLR. And they did it because they saw they're not like Greenpeace. They went, okay, we can get instant talk from an EV. We can get rid of all the maintenance costs of buying an old classic 911. Who wants to think about, you know, gaskets blowing and all this kind of stuff? Let's just put electric power unit. You basically don't have to touch it ever again. Any and off noise you go. through the speakers? So they, they've literally, they're, they're still working on it, but they've taken the same system that BMW used for their sport system. Harman Kardon? Yeah, and you had it on that van you had for a second. Uh, I, I didn't actually, but oh. uh, yeah, it is an option, yeah. You literally plays through speakers built into the chassis, so the yeah. whole car rumbles with the soundtrack, and it's yeah. really loud from the outside. We were parking up in car parks, putting the sound on, people were like, oh, what's that? So there is a sound, but it's not, it's not a proper sound. Like a sound box. I think where I'm trying to get to, it was probably the best EV I've ever driven. You cannot think of it like a 911. It's not a 911. It's an electric car. Like, it, there's no part of it. It feels more like a Cayman in its handling, but it feels more like a Taycan. But if you just think, okay, this is just a cool 911, then you're on this, sorry, a cool EV. Then you're on this EV that looks old, feels old, is the right dimensions. It's a 964 interior with nice, you know, uh, leathers and Alcantaras. It's stylish. You can poodle along, but you can also floor it. And then you go, well, I get it. This is a cool EV. Better the thing than is, you've got to shut your eyes, which I don't advise while driving, by Definitely. the way. <laughs> but, but you have to imagine... I mean, in a normal 911, you haven't got to imagine anything. It's got an engine and you can hear the noise. So, you know, you've well, uh, you you've had to put yourself in a place for you to half get it. Yes, because, and, and in the video, which I say will be going live, uh, well, it's already live on the channel for those people listening and watching, but today in the audience, it's going live in a few hours. Um, I, I'm so confused. And that's how I, I say, like, I feel like I'm in an old 911, <laughs> but I'm so not. And I don't know whether I like it or whether it's weird. And it took me a few hours after to then go, Okay, it's just a very cool EV. It's yeah. not a Porsche, it's not like, it's just a very cool EV. The fundamental problem with all resto mods starts at 250 grand. Oh my God. And at that point, because I, I, I was like, okay, well, if you're trying to get into EVs, what a cool thing, you know, if it was 75 grand, you'd be like, oh, I'd definitely buy that over a, name me another EV, I don't know any. But you know, it, it's a cool thing to do. But at 250 grand, you're, I mean, that's the, you're just going to go and buy an original... It's always going to be expensive, though, because of the, the development the costs. The Yeah, and they're never going to make enough of them to get their money back, so it has to be. It's never and it's beautifully be. done. Like, yeah, it is yeah. beautiful. Like, the, the visuals, the feel, the look, the technology, the thinking behind it that has gone into it, they sort of scan the whole... Co it's kind of like a fantastic thing, but then also like an awful thing. And a show of hands... I so know how this is going to go. <laughs> Who thinks converting some classics to EVs is a good idea. Okay, not one hand has gone up there. And that's the thing, is I went into it going, actually, you know what, this isn't a bad idea. Let's save some classics by making them EVs. But actually, as car guys, I don't think that's a thing to do. I think if you did it to a Volkswagen Beetle, fine. You know, like an old classic Beetle, an old classic Golf maybe, but not performance cars. Stay away from 911s. Stay away from Ferraris. Yeah. Lamborghini. You know, anything like that, it's, yeah. it's just... Not the right decision, is yeah. it? Yeah. No. Anyway, uh, interesting car. Uh, another interesting car and another Porsche. Cayenne Turbo GT. How are you feeling about that? 
Well, it's just quite a lot of money, isn't it, really? 143 grand at start. Is it really? Yeah, yeah for 631 horsepower, a car that's three seconds quicker around the Nürburgring than the RS, uh, no, uh, what's it called? The QA RS, RS QA by Audi. Basically, this it's basically a Euros then. It's basically a Euros. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pff, all right, fine. I mean, we know they sell like. So that's one sixty that car spec. One sixty five. Um, I mean, more. It's a Porsche. It's one eighty five. By the time you put anything oh, nice. Forty on there. grand's worth of options on it. Mate, it's a Porsche. You should know better than anyone. Yeah, but you'd struggle to do forty grand though. Sure, unless you put ceramics on. I suppose you could. PTS. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you went really, really crazy. A nice brown. <laughs> Which you'd definitely buy. I'm definitely going to do it at some point. Hell. Um, and, of course, this week it is the return of Goodwood Festival of Speed. Are you, go- are you going? No, Too you. Too busy. I'm going on the Sunday. No, I'm not going. Just popping in to see what's I'm not. Is there, anything, is there anything really coming out? Well, here we go. Oh. Uh, new 2 Series. Hopefully in manual still. Uh, oh, that means an M2, new M2's coming. Yeah, so new 2 Series is going to finally be revealed. Lotus Emira, which annoyingly, this podcast is going out after Just the, car can't talk the embargo. About. Okay, hold on a sec. Guys, I'm going to pass my phone around. I have pictures of the Emira. <laughs> because, you know, but you cannot... Please. You're all under NDA, which means I'll sue you if you show... Um, he doesn't have it, he doesn't have a lawyer, so just ignore that. And like, don't swipe on my phone because well, who knows what you're gonna find. Um, hold on a sec, let me just get this up. But yeah, that will get its big unveiling. And all I'm gonna say, I think I'm allowed to say this. Please don't sue me, Lotus. Is this is probably the most exciting car of the year? Forget the 296 GTB, which I keep calling a different name. This this for me is the most exciting. And I'd actually go along with that as well. And I'm not oh, a big Lotus fan. Where the photos fan. gone? Where are the photos gone? Hold on a sec, I do have it, guys. Um, because uh, yes. Okay. What do you take photos of, mate? You've been scrolling for about five minutes. It's my job: entertain the listeners and watchers whilst I show this around. <laughs> oh, be careful, boy! <laughs> do not show the cameras. It's nice, ain't it? <laughs> Sam's whispering the price. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, can I repeat you, you can, No, 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 you cannot say anything, but... If well, you, I think the, the, everyone the, heard the, anything. Like, I know, if, I'm going I'm to mute all those channels <laughs> oh, yeah. when I put that out, because I will be in so much trouble. Um, but as I say, this podcast does go live after the embargo, but I just, I'm too nervous anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that is very exciting, everybody, and that will get its, uh, its debut at Goodwood. Um, and then the new Toyota GR86. Oh, so the the replacement obviously for the GT eighty six and having on the GR to fit in with the branding. See, that's perfect as a manual, by the way. Two hundred horsepower, rear wheel drive. I prefer it as an auto, actually. <laughs> well, you you prefer that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there'll be a few other bits. There's things like the Pininfarina Batista is being displayed and the SF ninety Spider. Pininfarina. Yeah, mate. What do you mean still around? They're no, just no, not, no, not like doing the, the Ferrari bit. Yeah. But they're still doing cool stuff. That's an EV hypercar, though, so... Oh, I'm not interested. Don't care. Um, but, yeah, so there, there'll be a few different bits and bobs. Um, I think... I guess the Rimac will be there. I saw it turned up in Mayfair two days ago, so... New GT3 will be there. The 296 GT... No, no. no SF90 Spider only. Because 296 hasn't had a global physical debut yet, so they wouldn't do it at Goodwood, I don't think. Okay. Too English, not Italian. I'm I'm sort of looking forward to being there. Like, oh, I'm looking forward to not going then. Really? Yeah, yeah I'm not interested. Just kind of being there, done that by yeah, now. Yeah, it's going to pour rain as well, I think. It is going to pour with rain. Yeah, yeah. But I, Goodwood in the rain. Miserable. Oh. But also, like, I think now, it's an, it's a fantastic... Has everyone been to Goodwood here? Hands up. Everyone, uh, everyone's go- nodding. Who's, everyone's who's been to going? Goodwood at some point. Who's going over the week? Everyone's yeah, going. you're all going. It, it's that kind of thing where it's a fantastic event, but I feel like now it's become a sort of, just that, a sort of public event. It's less... It is all about the cars, but it's a day out. It's a family day out, and it's brilliant for that. Mm. But, you know, 10 years ago, it was really for car nerds. It's too repetitive for me. It's I a think. little bit. It's the bit. same thing. And it's huge. Well, it takes you three days just to walk around it. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited to go just to see people and be amongst car people again and yeah. hang out and catch up with people. But I'm not like, it's not the most, I'm only going for one day. I mean, obviously, I text Shmi saying, you know, I'll, I'll be there on the Sunday. Oh, you're only going one day? He's too I'm busy. there from the Wednesday. He's too busy painting his museum, whatever he's doing. Yeah, I'm going to go see that next week as well. Uh, anyway, should we get into the main topic for today? Oh. Could be an interesting one. All right. We're going to try and decide the best cars that Ferrari, Lamborghini, Porsche and McLaren have ever made. Now, we... McLaren? Yeah. <laughs> the best. <laughs> the best cars they have made. Oh, I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to have our favourites. Right. <laughs> Maybe not with McLaren, but we're going to have cars that we like. But that's not important. We've got we to settle on 
the best. And we're definitely going to be utilizing the audience agree. here. I think we do need to sort of try and come to a conclusion. So definitely some hands up, some shout outs are going to be needed. No, they'll agree with mine. They'll agree. <laughs> they won't agree with yours. You're Because you're going to say that. the F40's crap. Not, Who no. agrees the F40's crap? Yeah, exactly. So you'll be alone there. I never said it was crap. So it's overrated. Okay, well, same thing. There you go. Uh, um, I think we can kick start with McLaren because I feel like that will be semi the easiest because they've produced the first. least. Okay, so what do you think the best McLaren ever made was? 675LT. See, we're getting a lot of nods here and I would have to agree with you to a point. I think it's the most desirable today, right? Like it's the only one that I would go and buy. Value-wise, it's kind of hinting that that's the case across the board. I, I wouldn't think. buy one. I'd just say that. It's the best one they've made. You've thought about it a few times. I have thought about it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always do. You always oh, drop me in it, didn't you? You do. Cause you always like what you don't know about Tony does. is during most weeks, he's texting me and Paul and there's various WhatsApp groups being like, oh, lads, going to buy an LT. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what? And then he changes. He nearly bought a Vantage. Can we talk about that for a second? No, I didn't. Yes, he did. No. He made me put him in touch with Aston Martin Bristol. No, no, no. The main man, Matthew, there, absolute hero. I called him up and said, Tony wants to buy a Vantage. He literally was laughing for four minutes. No. That's not what happened. It is what happened. You said, I will put you in touch with the man of <laughs> But why? I didn't, I didn't randomly just I go. Never, I never said, please put me in touch with the man. I said, I would look at one. You had already had, had figures. You'd already had figures on one. And then when they give me the figures, I realised all these years why I'd never bought one because it was double the money of a 911 and worse. Okay. Why, why so there you go. So there you go. But anyway, so your LT... Yes, I I think that that stands out to me as like peak McLaren before things started to go a little bit downhill. Before, before a little bit like a car crash. <laughs> before there was questions over reliability and they were making too many cars. When that car came out, there was such excitement when McLaren were in such a sort of upswing, and it really did dethrone the speciality. That was the car that came along that every sort of journalist or car media or the world sort of went. That is such an amazing car. It sounded good. It looked good. Theoretically limited. Which would you have really one over a speciality now? Ah, I don't know. Any of you? Speciali or 675? There you go then. So it didn't trump it for very long, did it? No, it didn't. But I still see them and I go, oh, yeah, they are cool. They are cool. Yeah, I had one on the Scotland trip, remember, and it broke down. When we, wa- yeah, you, one came with you, right? Yeah, one came with us on the Scotland trip. I think the yeah. LT Coupes had a lot of trouble. I think the Spiders did all right. This was a Spider. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, so I will combat that with, I think, the P1. I think the P1, because all of those hypercars, LAF 918 P1, the P1 is 1 million percent the most terrifying and therefore in some cases the best. Yeah, so I I, I can't comment because I haven't driven all three, but I know people that have had all three and they said their favourite is the P1. 100 grand it's for a, a battery machine. though, mate. Yeah, and you don't see them anymore. They no, have gone. Because 100 grand the batteries. <laughs> and there were the fewest of them, right? Oh, no, the laugh was the fewest. Laugh was the fewest. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the P1s are, are, are rare, but, and you see them less, but I think because of that, battery issues and, and reliability issues. But I just think it was so ahead of its time for McLaren as a brand. You've got to think, they only had the 12C at that point. Then along came the P1, and it was like, oh, my God. And if one could, I just, I think it's a great, sign of what they could do you know some of their carbon fiber some of their mso options you know like a lot of these different things it was yeah it was just a big step ahead of its time is there some drilling going on in the background anyway well that's uh so the stop way, for a second so that's the, why i got the headphones on the way i segregate the free is that the last for the collectors mm-hmm. the p1s for nutters yeah and the 918 is for the people for the people at 1.1 million or whatever yeah 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 no okay so it's true who would have a P1? Okay, P1, put your hands up. Oh, no. LT, put your hands up. Okay, but between the two. <laughs> no, 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 we're not talking about the hypercars now. Hold on a sec, hold on a sec. For McLaren, what cars would people have then? Who was? Oh, don't talk about... <laughs> don't get him started on McLaren F1. I Sorry, I should have clarified. I definitely was talking about recent automotive. Yeah, we probably have to include the F1. No, we don't. Okay, let's separate the F1 for a second because I feel like everyone was looking at us being like, why haven't they mentioned the F1? Because crap. <laughs> Who you try- who's driven the McLaren F1 here? Have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean is, is that you pick it because it's 20 million quid and it's like half okay to look at. And thingy had one, Mr. Bean. 
to be fair, especially since the, since the podcast that we did where you slagged it off, I have spoken to people who do spend times around F1s or even have owned them and they do kind of all agree with you. Well, which really annoys me. <laughs> um, okay, so what? Mc- current McLaren Automotive, 570? 570S? What was? 620R. 620R? Okay, does anyone, does everyone hate this? Everyone hates McLaren, They sold, right? they sold, they yeah, sold no, a lot no of them 620Rs, didn't they? Okay, so this is not the right room to ask about McLarens. Um, <laughs> I, I will agree with you then. 675RT, I think we can lock that in. I think, yeah, it's the only one for me that... Me too. Okay, fine. But, uh, would we both buy one? I, I, no, I, hey, if, I, if I had all the money in the world, I, I, if I had all the, I, yeah, I would. If I was putting a collection together, if I won the Euro Millions, there we go, famous statement... Yeah, it would be in there. Speciali or LT. They answered, you didn't. One car. I have been disappointed by the two Speciali experiences I've had. And I never thought I'd say that. But I think I overhyped that car so much in my mind. That was definitely a poster car for me, my, like, growing up and before I got into YouTube. And then I got into the coupe in Dubai and spent a few days with it. Speciali Aperta. And I was a bit like, huh. I mean, I did love my Speciali, by but the way. But you sold it. And but you got I a pista it. instead. And I prefer the pista, for sure. France are life at me, the pista. It's like one of those cars that from afar, you think it's the ultimate Ferrari. Like, I, I'm with you all until I drove them. Mm. And then I or drove it, and I'm still a bit like, yes, it's fantastic, but actually it wasn't anywhere near as fantastic as I... It's that NA thing again, mate. Oh, it's an NA car. It is, it is. Oh, it's all the, all the warriors on... No, but it was the sort of, you know, it was the champion of that. We keep saying that was the peak era of supercar, right? After the Speciale, it all went a bit too 800 horsepower and stupid talk and more and more comfortable. But at the same time, it's sort of... The sound actually isn't as good as you would think. The sound isn't as good it's as you think. It, it's It's the 360. The 430... Fourth of it with pipes. The special is a bit too. It's a bit too. Bus. You can't as, shut it up on the motorway, by the way, as well. It's not as symphonic as no, you would think. No. So, it's okay, just a noise. Let's get round to it. I'd have an LT. Right. If they both worked, I'd have an LT. All right. I'd still have the Speciali. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's come on to Ferrari because this is going to be oh. at least an hour. <laughs> um, are we doing Porsche as well? Yeah, Porsche two and, hours. and Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> Settle in, guys. <laughs> so. Ferrari. Yeah. Best Ferrari. This is difficult. Are you going? No, you start because I, I got about 60. I could go. Enzo. No, okay. I, I love the Enzo. It's definitely not the best. I think it's I maybe, think it maybe one of the worst. No, no. You think it is. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have an Enzo? Oh, I would have an Flip Enzo. Look at this. Who Soft wouldn't have an Enzo? Mate, the 430 Scud was quicker around the track. Why are we just talking about manuals a minute? It doesn't matter about speed. What? We were no, just talking about manuals. It doesn't matter about speed. Neither of them are manual. I don't care about speed. The you en- said the best. The I en- like the Enzo. I, no, that's your favourite then. Yes. But, no, exactly. It doesn't mean it's the best. Yes, it is. It's my no. favourite. <laughs> so the Enzo famously has its issues. It I mean, has its foibles. It's, it's the named gearbox. after the man that run the company. Sure. I totally agree with you. Um, but it, it, it had that F1 gearbox, which held it back. It was a bit cumbersome. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that quick. Yes, I think it's beautiful. Yes, it sounds amazing. I would have one over a LaFerrari. I would have one over many, many cars. It's one of my favourite too. I cannot, I cannot agree with you that it's the best Ferrari ever made. In my mind, it is. So, what about, let's go with it, LaFerrari. Uh, as a car, it's better, but uh, I would still rather the Enzo than the... And I'm more modern than not, by the way. But I you, just love the Enzo. But you just said the laugh is better. We're talking about best, the car that is the best. Yeah, but the best in my mind. You know, we, we can all have these opinions. It, of course, of a, as a machine, the piece is probably one of the best Ferraris then because it's the latest and the greatest. But in my mind, the Enzo is an occasion to get in. It's not fast, you're right, but it's not what it's about. But the whole, the whole package, in my opinion, is the best. And I think you have to judge cars within their era, because you're yeah. so right. You can't say... Because, uh, you're right, an SF90 is better than a LaFerrari. It uh, is, that's the best car. It is numbers-wise better. Yeah. But, but, you know, so yeah, within their era. And at Enzo time, so what were our rivals? Were we Carrera GT and yeah. SLR? Yeah. So would you say an Enzo is better than a Carrera GT? Better than a Carrera GT? Not which would you prefer, which is better? Well, 
I'm a huge Porsche fan, as we all know. But again, I'm still much rather on Enzo over the... And values dictate that as well. It's double the money. I mean, who wants a Carrera GT anyway? It's a death trap. Quite a few people, and it's got yeah. stu- <laughs> Wrong crowd do, to why ask. Why do you want one? Why do you want one? It's better than the Enzo. It's better than the Enzo, he says. But, but why is it better? Because of a V10. What, so V10's better than V12? Race car engine. Oh. And wait for it. Manual gearbox. Oh Hello. No, okay, well, let's come back to Porsche in a second. But okay, so Ferrari, long and you know, uh, glorious history. Two fifty GTO. I'm going to discount because too much money. I th- well, no, but all of its glories and what it achieved. Yeah. Yes, it's an amazing car. But of that era, I think there were so many amazing cars. Short wheelbase in competition for me. Fantastic. Two seven five. Fantastic. You know oh, there were. Here we go. One six six. Oh, they're all fantastic. Um, it's Chris Evans. But the G- the GTO achieved so much. But you know, you go look at like the P four, like you know the Lance Stroll car. I think he's actually got rid of that kind of. Uh, not Lance. Lawrence Stroll. Um, so many great Ferraris from that era. So I will say 250 short wheelbase because I think beauty, that, or the 250 as a model from Ferrari is probably what I'm going to say because I think that put them on the map as Ferrari as we now know because 250 Lusso, 250 TDF, 250 LM, 250 GTO, 250 short wheelbase. They dominated so many different racing categories. They dominated road cars. To this day, they're one of the most valuable and desirable cars that anyone can buy. So you're saying the 250? I'm saying the 250 as a model, as an, you know, not a particular version, but I think the 250. Because I would say, you know, someone's going to say 280 GTO, someone's going to say F40, F50. Yes, they're all great within their eras, but Ferrari is Ferrari because of, I would say, the 250. Fair enough. You know what I was very close to saying as well, by the way? The F12 TDF. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were getting a lot of nods for that. I was very, it was very, very close. But the, if I had the money to go and buy one or the other, I'd still go and buy the Enzo. Y- yes, I'm with you because the TDF is a death trap. <laughs> As in, we'd all be dead. I mean, today it's wet outside. None of us would make it to the top of the road. No. Um, but that's kind of half the joy. And I agree. I think that will be looked back on as one of the all-time greats for, yeah, for, for Ferraris yeah. too. Um I would say maybe it's not the best because of how twitchy it is. Um, I think, you know, the, the the dynamics are a little bit a bit interesting. Um, but let, let's get let's get some call outs. What are other people's thoughts in terms of best Ferrari ever made? Not necessarily favourites. 360. 360, million. You can, who said, who said 360? Okay, you can stay. Uh, <laughs> I'm having pizza with the Grand Prix later. Come around. Um, a- anyone else? F50. F50. Can I say something controversial about F50? And I hope Andy Bruce doesn't listen to my, uh, my podcast. He turned up and won at Goodwood on Friday. Big Instagram collector for those that don't know. I think they're a little overhyped. I just think people are looking at that going, oh, they make many of them. It's an F1-derived engine. You know, people have, you know, they're still under the radar, but even though they're two million quid. And I think people are hoping or thinking that that's going to be a Zonda or that's going to be a, a McLaren F1 and therefore collectors are buying them and building that hype. They are, yeah. I personally, I like it, but I, I would have an F40 or an Enzo or a laugh over it every day of the week, personally. So I get the F50 appeal, but I think it's a car for collectors at the moment. Having ridden passenger in one, I was like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To be fair, the guy went in. Lovely guy, Glenn. Absolute hero. We were in Canada, and in Canada, they don't go faster than 25 miles an hour. So he was like, do you want to come for a ride? I was like, yeah! He went 3,000 RPM the whole way up the hill in fifth year. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay, so uh, any other shout-outs before we move on? Ferraris? 355. 599 manual. Another death trap. Definitely Tony's favourite car, but not the best. Uh, GTO? GTO, fair. GTO yeah, yeah. fair, but 355 was an interesting point as well because that was a step, a big step change for Ferrari again. Love I think the engine noise that's got. Very beautiful, beautiful shape, beautiful yeah. car, still lusted after. Kind of a lot of, I think, what I'd call the modern classic generation. That's the Ferrari that most people are lusting after. Yeah. Um, I think in Targa form, stunner. Yeah. So yeah, 355, definitely not a bad shout, but I don't think they made a special enough variant. You know, I think the standard road car, fantastic. If they had made a, a CS or whatever you would want to call yeah. it, maybe, but um, yeah, okay. I'm going to move on. 
Go I on. think so. We're what are we? We're, I'm agreeing. I'm saying two fifty. You're saying Enzo, and we can't agree. Basically, no. So comment section, people. Let us know. As always, if you're watching here on YouTube, comment below. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, because you're not on YouTube, uh, tweet us hashtag behind the glass, and uh, hopefully you'll all agree with me. Uh, so um, let's do Lamborghini quickly, because otherwise, then I can keep an eye on the time. Well, it's easy, to Lamborghini. Porsche. What are you going to say? Performante. Nope. What is it then? Aventador. The? Are you joking? Hear me out before you all burn me at the stake. <laughs> Please don't leave. <laughs> there has been no car that has continuously been a post, a car that summarizes sort of achievement within popular culture as much as the event store has. I'm sorry. There is, in my business at least, if I put Aventador in the thumbnail, the title on Instagram, that will always do better than any other Lamborghini. Oh, it's continuous, all right. I made it for about 30 years. Agreed. And it's a pile of poo. And yeah. poor Vicky's back still hurts when we went on Aventador S in Italy yeah. during Drive the World. It, it's awful. Yeah. But it is still so desired by so many. In every single music video, the first car they want to rent is an Aventador. But you just said to me, opening line, you said to me before we started this, the best. The Aventador is the worst. <laughs> the worst maybe dynamically, but Lamborghinis are drive. Never, but not a, they're not, that's not what a Lamborghini is about, right? The Lamborghini is about arriving. It's not about getting there. It's about sh turning up. And you can get into any restaurant, any club, any car park, any lady's house. If you turn up... Or gentlemen's. Really? Uh, we're not, it's 2021. Uh, if you roll up in that event store, throw open those scissors, give it a couple of revs, pants down immediately. It's the, but it's the truth. You're all laughing because you know. like, And that is what a Lamborghini is all about. And they've been making it since 1995, it feels like. And yes, they're crap and they've made every iteration, but it still does what it's supposed to on the tin, which is be a Lamborghini. Who, who thinks Aventador? No, no one agrees with me. Who thinks Purple Manti? What was that? Kuntash. So, uh, okay, so yes. I mean, but I would say the same for all variants, right? The Diablo, the Kuntash. Like, Lambo have always done well with their big halo. Their poster car. Their poster car. Yeah. They, that's what they do. And I just think, I think the event store has pushed them even further. Because before that, they were sort of independent. And you would sort of be like, oh, yeah, Kuntash. Like, whatever. You were quite wacky to go out and buy them. Where event store, every rental car company in the world has an event store if they can. I say everyone who ever makes it, Every footballer, every whatever. First, I want a Ventador. I want a Ventador. It's that. It's that mark of success. Paul Wallace still wants an Aventador. You yeah. know, like you know, he's chasing the dream. Yeah. And yes, dynamically, pile of poo. Mm. But that's that's my claim. So you want to stick with the Performante? Yeah, yeah. As a car to drive, it's the it's the best car. But what about have. the Evo? I'd have the Perf. Yeah, I'm sort of with you. Do we think the Huracan is just hands down better and more desirable than the Gallardo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Who buys Gallardos, mate? Honestly. Half tempted. But, like, but the, the Gallardo, you know, they're doing the same thing with the Huracan that they did with the Gallardo, right? With a million different variants. So my concern is, like, that STO thing is surely going to be a million times better than the Performante. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it will be. And it will absolutely have a poo in value as well because it says they're not going to make many of them. But they said they weren't going to make many Performantes. There will be millions of them. What about the Mura? Mura, first ever supercar. But you said the best. Of their era, of their generation. What they represent for the brand. What, like, yes, the best doesn't mean, mean the best on track, which is how you view every car. It doesn't mean the quickest to Usable. the traffic lights. Just the best, what does it mean for that brand? If I think of Lamborghini, I personally think of Aventador. That's the, that's the car. And, and, and I so, think of Aventador. I, I would but, think. There, but therefore, they, it's done. It, that, well... Uh, yes, okay, fine. I haven't really defined the rules of my own game, but, but <laughs> sort of making it up. I am kind of, aren't we always? Do you see what I mean? Like, no. okay. <laughs> so, anyone for the mirror? Yes, okay. We've got a couple of hands for the mirror. Any other shout outs? We had Kuntash, Mercy SV, solid shout, fantastic car, animal monster. Was it Hammond that drove one in Dubai in the sand or something? Like that? that was a great Top Gear yeah. piece. Yeah. Cool cars. Yeah. And he ran with the Bulls in Pamplona. But and they stuff. do make cool cars, Lamborghini. That's their whole brand, isn't it? That, and they're that's still doing it. Well done yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. Now, because I know this room, but because I know you, our hardest debate, and we've got to get through it relatively quickly because we're going on a bit, Porsche. Oh. Where do we start with trying to decide, and you cannot say 991.2 GT3 OS because you're too biased. Well, I can. You because can. I can because I owned one for two years. 
and I'm trying. I'm not going to say that car. Okay. So what is the best Porsche? Or what's the best car Porsche you've ever made? You go first. <laughs> okay, it's so the first one that sprung to my mind, and I'm happy to debate this because I haven't settled yet. But the one that sprung to my mind, 911R. Good shout. The thing is, Porsche have made so many good cars. We're all going to disagree. <laughs> they're, they're, or all agree. they're all fantastic. A 993 is a great car. No. But yes, there's so many great cars. But what to me signifies Porsche, I think that 911R was special and remains special where we've gone on to see Tourings, GT, manual GT3s and stuff like that. 911R, inherently more racy, more just thought through, rarer, design. Like, hey, at one point, what values did they get to? Were Six. Six hundred grand they yeah. got to at one point. I mean They're like three fifty now. Gulp. But um yeah. they were one forty new. So that's my first point of call. So go on, what you, so we don't we're not settling straight away, but what would your first shout be? Two RS. The latest variant? Yeah. And then really, really closely followed by a nine eighteen. Yeah, I mean nine eighteen Blew me away, blew us away. I mean, spectacular car. Yeah, is it the is it a real Porsche? Like, is it? I mean, engineering, mate, flipping hell. But like, what about like a GT one? Yeah, but it's a Le Mans car. Yeah, I mean, you see them on the road. (laughs) One of DK sold one, so you know it's it's out there somewhere. There's one in Hong Kong. Where do you stop? I mean, but I mean, this is this is it, right? I don't. I think Porsche is the hard because. Almost, you could say every generation, and yes, we're Porsche fanatics, and I know lots of you in this room are as well. It's hard to pin down one where you could say that moment, but you've often spoken about there was a period of time where Porsche were not the every man's car. And, you know, mm-hmm. they went through that step change to become more reliable. What, oh, yeah. 991 generation, you're saying? Uh, uh, no, I would say 997.2. Was where they took this step to becoming the 2000 and late 08. Yeah, as I found out, definitely wasn't the 996 generation. No. Um, but uh, I think, okay, so, but then you've got to go back, like, we'll go back to like a 356, go back to an original, like, some of the historic stuff. You know where I, when we speak about stuff like this, you know where I determine what I pick? Because I never think about it, is the first thing that comes in my head. Which was? The GC2 RS and the 918. So that's why they're the best, the first thing, they're the first two cars that come in my head. Did the 2RS just get the all-time Nürburgring lap record? The Mantai, yeah. did, didn't it? The Mantai. Mantai car. I would yeah. probably be with you. I think the 2RS as a, as a sort of thing that has been created, but as we know, on the road, it's just a, a, a missile and a sort of, I mean, a terrifying missile. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it, it is more compliant. The reason why I picked that over the free is that you can shut it up on the road because mm-hmm. it's turbocharged. It is more compliant. It's a better road, road car than the three RS. Yeah, for sure. But the three RS, if, if you as a as a track car, okay, it's not as fast in a straight line, but it is a better track car than the two RS yeah. for sure. Everyone that's driven both back to back, all racing drivers, they always say the three RS is the car to have as a road going track car. Come on then, get your shouts in. Best Porsche GT four. 9.30 turbo. RS4 litre. Well, yeah, that did come to that's mind. A, that's a, that is a good shout. Yeah, but... Speedster, any variant early? The latest one, I mean, I would, I'd pick that. That's, yeah. a, that's a proper car. That is a good shout, to be fair, the Speedster. But... <sighs> mm, I'm looking at a Porsche fan, seeing if he's going to beckon out any calls, but... I think, I think, unfortunately, the truth is with Porsche, and uh, the, f- the comment section is going to be filled with, oh, you're always banging on about Porsche. They're pretty much all great. They I mean, are, yeah. you could say a 911 Carrera S. I yeah. mean, like, they're just kind of all best. Okay, well, here's the one. What's the worst? <sighs> 996. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. And on that note... <laughs> um, yeah, okay, fine. I think literally on that note. Uh, we will round it up. Uh, interesting. I don't think we really settled on anything apart from the 675LT. So, no. yeah, as I say, anyone uh, watching, please do let us know in the comment section below on YouTube or tweet us, hashtag behind the glass. Um, I think this has been great. I've loved having yeah. a live audience, being able to interact with some of you guys. Thank you so much all for, for coming down. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed your morning. As I say, if you do or if you're interested in attending future events, we are sold out at the moment, I believe, but... Things are sometimes opening up and hopefully in September we can we can go even bigger and better and have more of a car show because uh, it was fun also seeing some of the cars outside. There's 
been very juicy bits turning up. It has, yeah, very good. And thanks once again, Ceramic Pro, uh, Ceramic Pro, Ceramic Pro. That's a whole different thing. Uh, Ceramic Pro for, for partnering up with us today. Uh, as I say, make sure to get in touch, ceramicpro.co.uk forward slash STG, your chance to win that gold package. Um, but yeah, definitely worth speaking to them. If you want your car to look the best it's ever looked, definitely get in touch with those guys. Uh, and if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Uh, if you're listening, keep listening on whatever platform you are. Uh, Tony is at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales. Or Tony, Tony, what is it? Tony Gravelwood Car Sales? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Just, I have no idea. You know, no, no one knows. No. Uh, on, on Instagram, at least. And I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. We'll catch up with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.